gentlemen, welcome to America's Auto Enthusiast Program. This is Auto World. And now, here's your host, Bob Long. Hey, everybody. Thank you very much for joining me here for this hour of Auto World. You know what we're in store for. Lots of fun. And that's right. We're going to not only uh, take your calls at the usual number, 855-660-4261, but we're going to be joined momentarily by our chief lubrication expert, uh, the doctor of lubrication himself, Dan Watson, CEO of thelubepage.com, will be joining us in that means we're all going to learn a lot. There isn't a week that goes by that I don't learn something by listening to Dan and all the vast knowledge that he has. So if you have a question about uh, what type of oil to use in your car or truck or motorcycle or what you should do about uh, some power equipment that you might have, a snowblower, uh, an ATV, or you're, if you are lucky enough to have a boat and want to talk about the lubrication for a boat or uh, even something as small as a, uh, a gas-powered lawn trimmer. Uh, they all need lubrication and Dan is the man to guide you through these waters. You can also email us up. You can email me directly, bob at autoworldradio.com, or you can email Dan, dan at thelubepage.com. And have you ever visited the Lube page? Well, if you haven't, please do so, because he's just got so much information up there right now. And Dan Watson, the CEO of the Lube page, joins us live right now. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? Doing good, Bob. Beautiful weather and uh, makes you happy. <laughs> Absolutely. It definitely does. We're lucky that we live in a neck of the woods that uh, this time of the year is uh, actually one of the most pleasant times of the year. And quite the opposite. If I went back to my hometown of Boston or many of the folks that are listening to us right now in the Midwest and, and other parts of the U.S. and where Amsoil's headquarters is, this is the time of the year that, that snow is in the air. Well, sometimes, uh, though, in uh, August, they can laugh at us, okay? So (laughs) (laughs) we're sweating out in high humidity and constant thunderstorms. So, hey, uh, you know, what goes around comes around. (laughs) Isn't that the fact? Absolutely. We're going to take lots of questions from folks and... uh, Why don't we kick off with a question that was emailed to us from Frank in Georgia. He's got a 2006. It's a 5.9 liter Dodge turbo diesel, and he's not really sure which grade of Amsoil to buy. Uh, He says he just bought this truck, and it is... And has Amsoil in it now, and he wants to keep on using the product, and that's a a wise move, and certainly something that you would applaud, Dan. Uh, what, what advice do you have for Frank in Georgia? Well, in the past, I would have said Frank, uh, the CI4 Plus oil, and now folks, that's the classification of oil. The CI4 Plus. 1540 heavy-duty diesel oil would be just the thing for you. And you could still use it. However, uh, in the last year and a half or two, Amsoil uh, brought forth their newest diesel oil product called Max Duty. And this oil is, uh, well, just on a particular uh, scale, 
of what they call the Detroit Diesel uh, Piston Scuffing Test. This is something developed by Detroit Diesel. Uh, AMSO, this new oil has six times the required protection of that particular test. Uh, nothing, there's no, no other oil that comes close to it. It is so good that I would tell Frank that he should just go ahead and move to that newest version. It's a uh, CK4 heavy-duty diesel oil, and there's some question about those oils in the marketplace, just how tough they are. But the Amsoil CK4 is welcomed by every one of the diesel manufacturers as being far superior to any of their requirements. And I, you just, Frank, you'll do yourself a favor to go ahead and move up to that. Now, that original heavy-duty diesel and marine engine oil, 1540 CI4 plus rated, is a good oil. It would work fine if you want to stay with that for your 2006. But I would tell you, why not just move up to the newest? Uh, the cost is about the same. It's just the newest oil is the best that they've ever made. So that would be my recommendation to Frank. Go ahead and move up to the latest and greatest. That's great recommendation to say the least. Eight five five six six zero four two six one. We got a call from uh, let's see Alabama, and the gentleman's name is Richard, and he wanted to know about becoming an Amsoil dealer. What's involved? He he says he listens to us every week, and uh, he he would like to to know about. Becoming an Amsoil dealer, is that something you can do with you? Yes. In fact, uh, Richard, thank you for uh, calling and asking us in, in particular. I'm always delighted to have someone that's interested in the Amsoil business opportunity because, hey, uh, I would be lying if I didn't say how well it's been for me. I mean, I entered this business in 1991. I was still in, <coughs> excuse me, in the Navy. And I just wanted to get some of these Amsoil products and try them out to see what they were like. And as they say, uh, the rest is history. I went from uh, just buying some products and liking them to moving along and talking to people about them, getting more and more involved. And then when I retired from the Navy, I started doing this more and more and more. And now I'm one of Amsoil's largest dealers in North America. So uh, it's a great opportunity with a low base cost. I mean, you get into this, this business for about $50. There is no other small business that you can drop 50 bucks and have the uh, access to the opportunity that you have like you do with Amazon. This is a, a great business, and the only thing, and we got other listeners listening that might be interested, that you have to be cautious about when you come into the Amazon business is to check out the person who's going to be your sponsoring dealer. And I don't say this bad about anybody, but you have a right as a dealer coming in to make sure that you line up with somebody who's willing to support you, coach you, mentor you, and they can give you references for other people to say, yes, that dealer helped me, and he'll help you also. Because unfortunately in this world, there are what we call headhunters in the business who like to sign people up, but then they disappear. You never can catch up with them. They're never offering help or information. You don't want to get stuck in that situation. So we call it due diligence. Check us out. Now, go to thelubepage.com and send me an email 
straight to me at danwatson at thelubepage.com or go on that website and contact me through the website, whichever way you want, and I'll provide you with all the information that you can you can amass for what it is to be an Amazon dealer, how to be a successful Amazon dealer, and then I would be delighted to be your sponsor to give you the help, coaching, and mentoring to be successful in your business rather than to spin your wheels. So I'm I'm delighted to get such a question, and thank you so much for for, uh, coming to us to ask that question because I hope I get to send you some info, get to meet you, and uh, bring you into the Amzol business. And you're you're making a, a great choice here with working with Dan, as he said. He is one of the largest distributors in all of North America, and it's just such a extraordinarily valuable asset when it comes to knowing the business inside and out and being an expert, truly an expert in the realm of all the Amsoil products and lubrication in general. We'll take a pit stop and when we come back on the other side, 855-660-4261. Mackenzie is running the board. Love to hear from you. 855-660-4261. The name of the program program is Auto World. I'm Bob Warren. Broadcasting from the middle of Corvette Boulevard and Stingray Avenue, this is Auto World with your host, Bob Long. Again, we're taking your calls and emails very easy. Don't be a stranger. Give us a call at 855-660-4261. Or if you're listening to us anywhere across North America, around the world, it's easy to drop us an email, bob at autoworldradio.com or boblongradio.com. And Dan Watson at thelooppage.com. Dan is CEO of The Loop Page and joins us live every week. At this time, this is when we love to answer your questions. And uh, we have one from uh, John in uh, Texas. He owns a Ford Focus, a uh, 2012-2013. And his owner's manual says uh, he should use a Motocraft 5W20 blend synthetic. My question is, what if I use full synthetic oil? Will it damage my car in the long term? An excellent question from John. What do you think, Dan? Well, you know the answer to this, Bob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, full synthetic will not damage your vehicle in any way, shape, or form. Um, and so let's back up and talk just a minute about blends, okay? Any kind of synthetic blend. And here's the caution I give to all the listeners out there. You just have to put your faith in whoever manufactures that blend because there's no help, real help from the government or the consumer protection agencies of determining exactly what that means. See, a blend, most people just assume that means 50% synthetic and 50% petroleum. But that's not what blend means. It just means a mixture of synthetic and petroleum. So now... If you're making a blend and you want to maximize your profit, you just ask yourself, how much synthetic do you think is really in that blend? And the truth is, it could be anything from 5% 
to 50%. And you don't know and you're not going to know because they're not going to tell you. So I just say there's so much that you can't verify when the term blend is used that it's just too big a risk that you're really going to get what you're paying for. If you're going to pay more money for oil because it is, quote, got some synthetic component to it, then you're better off getting one that is all synthetic and not just some blend because you don't know what that means. Now, understand something about synthetics and and petroleum. They're all synthetic hydrocarbons of some type, which means that they're going to have the same uh, compatibility with your engine as petroleum oil. It's just that the molecular structure is different. So there's nothing in a synthetic engine oil that could damage your vehicle, especially when you see these synthetic oils, and rightfully as they should, carrying the specifications and the classifications like that it would be an API SN rated oil and it would have a SAE viscosity measurement of 520, 530, 1030, 1040, whatever it is. You are supposed to have confidence that that oil meets the requirements of your vehicle manufacturer. If your uh, auto, your owner's manual tells you to use an SN, API SN rated oil of a 530 mixture and that's what you see on the container and buy it, that is the government is telling you that that's what should be in the bottle. So if it's a synthetic, full synthetic, and it's got this on the bottle, then you should have the confidence that there's nothing possibly about this that could harm your vehicle. The question is, what is the quality of what you're buying? And unfortunately, it's almost like laissez-faire, consumer beware, Uh, when it comes to these blends because nobody will put their finger on exactly how much of which kind of oil is in it. And then, Bob, that leads me just momentarily to mention the fact that I have mentioned in a previous show that current synthetic oils are questionable of Mm -hmm. what it means to be full synthetic because of a advertising ruling by the National Advertising Division uh, saying that synthetic is a marketing term, not a chemical or synthetic, you know, chemical or engineering term. Therefore, there are companies taking advantage of that ruling and actually making oils which are primarily petroleum with a little bit of synthetic and calling them full synthetics. So, folks, you really need to pay attention to stuff and don't waste your money. As I said before, I highly recommend. Uh, Amsoil, Mobile, and Redline as companies that make genuine synthetic oils that are labeled outside of that anymore, I can't guarantee you anything because it's gotten too secretive and there's too many uh uh-oh gotchas that have been found on so many of these Mm -hmm. other companies. So, you know, I, I will not take a stand and tell you, don't use this oil. I'll just tell you to be careful and I'll, I'll recommend Amsoil, Mobile, and Redline as real synthetic yeah, it's a real eye-opener and as a consumer I mean you, you've got to be beware you've, you've got to have your guard up because you could go into uh, an auto 
parts store and, and see you know Joe's synthetic oil and it's just that you you don't know what you're getting so you really need to take Dan's advice extremely seriously and I would tell you this too just as a caution if you go to a a quick lube or a lube type place it's just my opinion that you are better off many cases asking to see the oil in the quart bottles rather than to take whatever's in the big 250 gallon tank okay now that's just my own personal opinion i'm not saying you can't find places where they put good oil in the tank but you don't know you don't have any any real certification of that but if you say that you want to use amsoil you want to use mobile and you see them take the the oil from the shelf and put it in your car and throw the bottles away uh, you've seen that you got what you paid for that is so true Dan absolutely something we didn't used to have to worry about so much but today no. in 2019 you definitely got to be on the lookout and uh, be on guard because uh, there's a lot of people, unfortunately, out there that are willing to take advantage of you, the consumer. Telephone-wise, you can reach Mackenzie. He's answering the lines at 855-660-4261, 855-660-4261. Or if you prefer to email, that's, that's good. No problem there. Bob at autoworldradio.com, Bob at boblongradio.com, or Dan Watson at the lube page dot com. We get a question from Steve in Salem, Massachusetts. When we come back on the other side, we will uh, we'll talk to Steve and hopefully we'll talk with you as well. Eight five five six six zero four two six one. This is Auto World. And now, back to the show with the highest octane, Auto World and your host, Bob Long. Hey there, welcome back. Thanks for being here. We so appreciate your time each and every week on the very same station that you're listening to. Or if you're joining us via GCNlive.com, welcome and uh, get your lubrication questions answered 100% free of charge here at... The telephone number of 855-660-4261 or the email bob at autoworldradio.com or dan at danwatson at thelubepage.com. That's danwatson at thelubepage.com. Steve is in Salem, Massachusetts, and he uh, sent us a note saying, according to Honda, they say to change the oil every 10,000 miles or one year, specifying a 5W20. Being a first-time Amsoil user, I am leaning towards the 5W20 XI. Should I follow Honda or the Amsoil interval? What do you think uh, Steve should do? Well, he wrote 5W20 XI. He meant to say XL. He just didn't... uh Put it there correct. Now, the Amsoil XL oil is our intermediate range oil. <clears throat> it's recommended for one year or 12,000 miles. Now, what Steve is concerned about is Honda has a one year specification of 10,000 miles. And 
he's probably hesitant to go past that because he's in, under warranty. And so here's the the simple answer to that. If you really believe that warranty is going to catch you or, you know, there's going to be a problem with it, then yes, the, the XL would be perfect because it's a 12,000 mile or one year, matches up really pretty close and gives you a little bit of margin over that 10,000 in case you happen to go a little past it without any worry and just use that. Now, the facts associated with this is that the warranty that the manufacturer puts on their vehicle and they have recommended oil changes, the intervals, whatever they are, 10,000 miles, one year, uh, 7,500 miles or six months, whatever these recommendations are. Now, Amsoil over the years has had letters back and forth between these manufacturers, and they all say this, and it's pretty straightforward. Your warranty is never going to be voided unless they have some evidence that the lubrication was the cause of the warranty failure. Okay, now, I'm giving you some advice here, folks, that you need to rely upon because somewhere out there, somebody listening somewhere is going to have an engine failure. And here's the first thing you do anytime you have an engine failure and you believe your car is under warranty of any type, whether it's the extended warranty or the original manufacturer's warranty, is you tell whoever tows that car in that you want to get two oil samples out of that car. Do not drain the oil because you want to take one for yourself and you want to tell your dealership that's going to have to deal with this for warranty issue that they need to send one off to their oil test lab and then you send one into your oil test lab. If it's AMSOIL you've got in the vehicle, then you contact an AMSOIL dealer. We'll all be glad to help you get that oil into the uh, independent test lab that AMSOIL uses. It's not theirs. It's, they have three different ones in the country that will sample that. What's important about that is that oil analysis will tell you if the oil had anything to do with the failure of that engine. It'll stand up in court. It can't be denied. It's like a blood test or a DNA test in a, in a criminal court. It will stand the test of the leaked legalities. And it's what you want because many times, I don't care if you were using Quaker State or AMSOIL, lots of times these, these warranty issues will come up and they'll try to claim that you haven't done the proper maintenance to the vehicle. And that's the reason they're going to void your warranty. Well, if that oil sample comes back and that oil is in uh, the proper usable condition that it should be for serviceability, number one, that means the oil wasn't the cause of the problem. But number two, within that oil sample, you will have various metals that have to do with the failure. And it is possible that you can do what they call root cause analysis if somebody knows what they're doing and kind of have an idea of what was the start of the failure and how it cascaded into total failure. That oil analysis used by the right kind of a person is an incredibly valuable tool. And most of the time when you start pulling oil analysis, I'm going to tell you right now, in my experience, most warranty people just fold up and say, ah, we just weren't sure, we're going to go ahead and fix it. Because they know that as soon as you start talking oil analysis, that you're a serious contender and you will not be bullied. So just take this piece of advice. You have a major engine failure, you want an oil sample out of that engine. 
And that's why a lot of times I've been called by people who use Amazon and other people that haven't. They've called me about advice on this very thing. And I'll be glad to give you advice if you have a serious situation like this and if you want to uh, pay me for some service, if you want me to do the oil analysis interpretation for you, I'll do that too. But just recognize, if you don't get that oil sample before they drain that engine oil, they're going to run you around in circles trying to claim that you didn't do the proper maintenance because in many times maybe you didn't do all the maintenance at their facility. You might have gotten the maintenance done at a good quality oil change, oil lube shop or something, and they're not willing to accept your record. They're claiming that you didn't do the, the proper maintenance. Oil analysis will settle the whole issue. So I hope that's useful advice, Bob. Yeah, that's some great words of advice for Steve in Massachusetts and Salem, Massachusetts. And we uh, thank you so much for sending us that note. You too can send us a note if you'd like. It's uh, Bob at AutoWorldRadio.com, Dan Watson at TheLubePage.com. And we got a note here, and this is uh, coming from Ken in Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, my goodness. And, and he says that... Uh, He's new to the thought of using AMSOIL. He wants to know uh, he's got a Ford F-150 pickup truck. doesn't say what year it is, but he wants to know as a first-time AMSOIL user and with some extreme weather conditions that he faces, would it be a good fit? Well, in very cold climate, you cannot beat a good synthetic engine oil. The AMSOIL uh, 5W30 or 0W30 or 0W20 or 5W20, we're talking about oils that will pump at minus 70 degrees, okay? So you can actually use these, these oils in the severest conditions, and they will allow that oil to reach the critical parts of the engine for it to start up in cold weather. And then they're going to be there and flow, even if the engine's having trouble getting up to full operating temperature. They're going to flow. Uh, years ago, the before these synthetic oils were prevalent in the civilian market, the military would, had them in their supply system coated as Arctic oil, oil for Arctic conditions, okay? And in those situations, they had synthetic oil. And it's been around for a long time because you can't, function with a lot of military equipment very long in uh, 10, 15 degrees below zero unless you're using uh, a synthetic engine oil. Okay, so in Anchorage, um, if I can get uh, an email or check out my website and let me have your name and information and your website, uh, your website, your email, I can give you some direct recommendations, but if you've got a, a Ford F-150, I would say it's probably a new one that's got a 5W20 rating, and I would recommend to you, depending upon the year, I might actually recommend to you 0W30. And you might say, well, why not the 20? Well, remember, the cold weather rating, the 5W, if I give you a 0W30, the 0W is going to do better in the cold weather than the 5W. It's just that when the engine gets warmed up, you'd have a 30 weight oil instead of a 20. So, yeah, I'd like to provide more information on that uh, directly to him. So uh, 
Check out the lubepage.com or send me an email to danwatson at thelubepage.com. Excellent. More questions for Dan around the bend. Get your question into the mix. 855-660-4261. Hey, it's Billy F. Gibbons from CC Top, and you're listening right here at Auto World. My name is Bob Long, along with Dan Watson, the CEO of TheLubePage.com. Dan's been answering your questions, and you can get in via the telephone at 855-660-4261, or shoot me an email, Bob, at AutoWorldRadio.com, or Dan Watson at TheLubePage.com. Got a question here from Michael in Mesa, Arizona. He says he has just inherited a 1971 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme convertible with a 354 barrel. He says it's been parked for more than 20 years. He likes what he's been hearing here on the show and wants to know if Dan could give him any advice in in getting this vehicle up and running and what to use lubrication-wise. Well, been sitting for 20 years the question is has it even been turned over you know what i mean bob yeah um because that there's a whole other uh procedure recommendations to try to uh, bring an engine back after it's been uh sitting that long because uh, all the oil will drain down years ago and just be sitting in the uh, oil pan. It's probably turned to a pasty type, not tar necessarily, but like uh, pudding. And the engine hasn't had any oil up in it in, in years. And unfortunately, what's going to have happened is it probably has created some rust inside the engine and some corrosion. And it's quite possible that the rings are rusted to the cylinder wall. And so this is the kind of thing that takes quite a bit of uh, figuring out of how to make sure it gets cleaned up and uh, restored to running condition. And so what I can say on this is do not attempt to put gas in it, charge up a battery, and start it up. That you don't want to do that if it's been sitting for 20 years without running or any other activity. Because the oil in it is going to be completely gummed up and shot. And there will be some rust and corrosion. Now, you can do some things to, first of all, uh, it, it takes a long time to go through all of this. So uh, you're going to have to clean the engine first. And you're going to have to do that by potentially... Uh, dropping the oil pan and cleaning that up pristine and making sure that the oil pump pickup screen is clean and then you've got to get rid of whatever oil filter was on there because that thing is just rotted away inside. It, it's, a, it's a problem. You get rid of all that stuff and then you don't want this engine to run. You're probably going to disconnect any type of spark to it and you're going to make sure you have a good charged battery and you're going to begin to see if how stuck it is by seeing if the starter can lube it and to actually get it to turn over you'd take the spark plugs out and you'd put some lubrication down in the top 
that could soak down past the rings to make sure that everything's lubricated before you attempt to even turn it over. So there's a number of things here mechanically, and I don't claim to be a mechanic, but I do understand the conditions that are set up by this amount of time sitting without any turning over. When you have a car, Bob, that you, you keep, it's like a, a, a precious classic for you. You've got to start that car once a month. Yeah. And you've got to run it for about uh, at least 30 minutes until the, the you see the temperature gauge come all the way up to normal operating range and then hold it in that normal operating range for about 20 minutes. Good idea, actually, to take it out and drive it, okay, because what you're doing is making sure everything's getting properly lubricated and protected and that engine is running. Uh, it has been said by wiser men than me, that one of the most destructive things you can do to any piece of operating equipment is not to use it. Uh, yeah. Over time, it really will deteriorate. So sounds like a pretty cool car, and, and what I would do is be very careful with how to bring it back in service. So, again, uh, these people that are contacting us, I love these questions, but they need more advice than I have time to give on the radio, and they need to go to uh, thelubepage.com, and they need to put in a question to me there. Uh, it's got a place to contact Dan. Or they can email me directly at to danwatson at thelubepage.com. And I will take time to send quite a bit of advice and information via email because I like these kind of challenges and these questions. But we could spend a whole hour show on how to bring. And you talk to the old car guy who's one of your, your shows. Mm -hmm about this very thing. Bring the question up to him. What? And he'll tell you the same thing. Whoa, wait a minute. 20 years of not being turned over. It's a good, good chance it's got those rings rusted, and if you really were able to turn it over, you might break a ring. Uh, you got to get make sure all that stuff is freed up before you begin to try to turn that thing over. You may have to use the old Marvel Mystery Oil down the top of the the pistons, something to make sure that you're breaking loose the rust and the oxidation and that the thing can, is free to move. And hopefully it's not got much of that. I don't know if this was in a uh, – where did you say he called from? From Arizona, from Mesa. Okay, well, he's, that, that is good because it's a low-humidity state. That's the best thing he's said so far is from Arizona. There's going to be less chance of a lot of corrosion. You set that engine up for 20 years in Orlando – and you're going to have corrosion because it's going to breathe every day as it heats up and cools down, and all that humidity gets in there, condenses when there's dew on the window, there's dew inside the engine. But in Arizona, you're talking about sometimes 10% is high humidity. <laughs> so you're not going to get a lot of condensation in that particular situation. So, But you can see this is fairly complicated. Maybe a good, good question to ask the old car guy. But... My advice is send me an email. Let's do some, uh, you know, some powwowing on this to make sure it gets off in the right direction. Because that that sounds like a car that's worth uh, bringing back into to pristine condition. We got a question here from Justin in Illinois. He's curious about your YouTube videos. He wants to know if they're on your website or does he need to go to YouTube and type in your name? How can he see him? No, you can access all my YouTube videos right from the website. And uh, there's a, in the uh, top of the website, there's a thing that says videos. When you click on that, it's going to drop down and you're going to be able to see 
All of the YouTube videos that I have can be accessed from thelubepage.com, as well as all the magazine articles I've written, and so far, uh, a number of Auto World radio shows and another radio show I did at one time called Car Time Radio. And those, because they take me a little time myself to <laughs> do a little editing on so that I can get them on there, uh, they're getting there, but not as fast as I would like because of the limited time that I have to actually uh, edit them up a little bit and put them on there. That's really great to know. we got a question here from Charlie in Corpus Christi. That's in Texas. He says, why do I have to run a slip lock additive in my positive traction rear end? I've looked in at using synthetic oil, the gear oil, but it costs too much. How can I justify the expense? Well, Charlie, I, I think Dan can definitely tell you some really good reasons why it's it's not uh, an expense, but it's uh, it's a positive for you. Well, let's look at the slip lock thing first. And we've talked about this before, Bob, and we got about two minutes, I think, to get through it. So let's I'll do it kind of quickly. Positive traction rear end means that both wheels turn. Regular rear end, you got one wheel turns primarily, usually the right hand wheel, and the other one just kind of matches up and that's so you can go around corners folks think about two big circles that are uh 60 feet in diameter your turning radius and the outside circle that is uh the width of your car is a lot longer than the inside circle which is the, is the inside wheel they can't both make the same number of revolutions so the inside wheel has to start hopping okay you don't want that so what they do is they just make most rear ends with one wheel turning. But in a car that's a performance vehicle, you put, or a truck, a lot of times you put this positive traction. It means both wheels are going to give you good traction, okay? But now you've got to get around the corner. Well, the way they do this is they put a clutch pack at the axle where it adjoins to the differential. And that clutch pack uh, allows you to have great straight-ahead, boy, you can pump it and go. But when you go around a corner... It has to slip. So you have to have either gear lube or an additive in your gear lube, which will allow that one clutch face. You know, clutch face, you just got a pressure plates to, to come together. They got to slip. So going around that corner, that, that slip lock additive allows that clutch face to slip, and your inside tire doesn't hop its way around the corner, okay? Now, so you need slip lock with a positive traction rear end. Now, synthetic gear loop. Real quick, we're running out of time. Every major fleet in this country uses synthetic gear loop. Why? It better protects the gears, and that's what you want out of your gear loop is to protect the gears. And it doesn't cost that much because you probably won't do it but one time in the life of the vehicle. Very good advice. Dan Watson at thelubepage.com and the telephone number really quick, Dan. That would be 800-370-2986.